Staying sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. They're tired because we're telling the truth. They're tired because we're being strong again. They're tired because we're not going to have these multilateral organizations mandate the U.S. have to do what they want us to do. We're going to do what's in the best interest of the American people. And I think that's what the president did when he got us out of the Paris climate deal. That's what he did when he said Iran is a problem and being in this deal is not making anyone in the world safer. For many years, countries have been taking total advantage of the United States on trade. Whether they're allies or not, they looked at us really as a bunch of very soft touches. And that's not what's happening anymore. The single most consequential thing we can do is these lifetime appointments of men and women to the court who believe that the job of a judge is to follow the law. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being with us today. We are live on the radio all over the country right now, and I'm so excited about it. Jam-packed program for you. Going to be speaking to former NFL Super Bowl champ, Oakland Raiders, from the Oakland Raiders, author, Fox News contributor, uh, all-around fantastic man of God, Burgess Owens. He's going to be with us to talk about uh, a very interesting perspective that he has on what's going on with the NFL right now and uh, all of the things having to do with Kaepernick, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to revel a little bit in some of President Trump's best insults. Yes, I said it, best insults. It's Friday. Buckle up. And we're going to talk about how married men are earning more than others in America. We're also going to be tuning in to just a clip of the president's message on trade. And of course, Megyn Kelly and others, Nikki Haley weighing in on the Kavanaugh debacle and um, so much more. I want to start off before we get into Mitch McConnell's comments today at the Value Voters Summit. There's something fascinating that... um, has occurred in response to this whole drag queen story hour thing. And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, oh, well, it, you know, the fascinating thing about the whole drag queen story hour and everything that's gone on is that it gives people an opportunity to really reevaluate their affiliations. Like if you're taking your child to the library and dropping, dropping them off for story time for an hour, um, it might be a good time to rethink that. It might not be best for you to leave your preschooler with a bearded man who's dressed in full makeup and wearing a, you know, a, a, a woman's outfit might not be a great idea. I think it's always good to check in on places where we trust adults to watch over our kids and make sure that they're doing the job that we're uh, expecting them to do. This is no different, but this is actually really important for us because we need to stand up to this garbage So you have two religious organizations suing in an attempt to stop drag queen story time at the Lafayette Library. The suit was filed in federal court in Lafayette by Warriors for Christ and Special Forces of Liberty. The quote from attorney Christopher Sevier, who is representing the two organizations, is by bringing this lawsuit, we are unapologetically and firmly defending the civil rights movement led by Pastor Martin Luther King. Sevier believes the drag queen story time violates the First Amendment clause, establishment clause, by failing the lemon test. According to him, to pass the test, it must satisfy all three of these following requirements. 
serve a valid secular purpose. No endorsing of a religion. And three, cannot entangle government with religion. Sevier says the event violates two of the requirements and that by having the event at the library, they're endorsing secular humanism. According to him, the evidence would suggest that the self-identified transgendered are using a government facility to show that government backs their worldview to then target children to indoctrinate them under a faith-based ideology. Since the drag queen story time is so close, October 6th, and the two organizations are quickly filing hundreds of documents that have testimonials from people who claim to be ex-gays, ministers, and medical experts backing the idea that being gay is a choice. So we have no problem with a drag queen story hour being held in a private facility. It can be held at a fraternity house, a coffee shop. We draw the line by the fact that we have government actors endorsing it. And just to kind of flip the coin, imagine if there was Christian story hour. Now, I think that'd be fantastic because the sooner you can get the word of God into kids and teach them that there is truth, there, there are lies, that there is an absolute right and an absolute wrong, the sooner you can start to inculcate children with those bedrock foundational beliefs with morals and an upright moral stature, the sooner you're going to find that those children will turn away from temptation to do things that they shouldn't be doing. It makes for a better home environment with your kids because there's less arguing, fighting, kicking, punching, hitting, stealing, et cetera, et cetera. You got to start early. You start as soon as they can hear you. That's when you start talking to them about the truth, loving them and giving them the truth. And that's why the drag queen story hour is so important to those who practice secular humanism. They want the kids to be in the library. They don't want them to be shocked by seeing a man with a beard, a, you know, a big overweight man with a hairy chest dressed in a ball gown with full face makeup on and also a big fat bushy beard. That should be alarming to a child. But instead, they want that to be normalized. So when kids see that, they won't point and ask their mom, what's going on here? No, they'll just say, oh, he, that looks like the guy from Drag Queen Story Hour. You see how that basically takes away the stigma, takes away the uh, abnormal nature of what the kid is looking at. So Sevier explained that if the court won't stop the event, they will ask the court to have a minister there to provide a rebuttal. And some of the defendants in the suit are Teresa Elberson, director of the Lafayette Parish Library, Governor John Bell Edwards, and Attorney General Jeff Landry. It's the right thing to do to stand up against this. And, and the sooner we stop just being shocked and sharing memes and talking about this amongst ourselves, the sooner we start actually standing up and saying, listen, drag queen story hour, not my cup of tea, but not in the library. Have it wherever you want. Rent a space, but don't have it in a place where kids are coming to get facility. They're in a facility that's paid for by taxpayers. They're coming to get books and other things that are of educational value. And you're trying to insert this, which is, has serves no educational purpose, has zero to do with them learning or, or learning how to operate the library and everything to do with you pushing your agenda. Do it in some other location. Find a venue that's friendly to you to do it in instead of doing it in the public library. I think that's well within the rights of the taxpayers of that jurisdiction. We've got to stand up to it. So now I want to pivot over. We, I mean, you can't really pivot when everywhere you look, all surrounding us, we are steeped in the Kavanaugh saga. And I have the copy of the letter that he sent to the Senate Judiciary Committee or 
as it is properly known, the Committee on the Judiciary. Uh, He sent a letter. And in the letter, I think you can really hear his heart. And a couple of things stood out to me when I was reading it. I first want to listen to uh, it's, it's Leader McConnell. And he was in rare form today at Value Voters talking about being unfazed by the Ford allegations. Here he is in number five. President Trump has nominated a stunningly successful individual. You've watched the fight. You've watched the tactics. But here's what I want to tell you. In the very near future, Judge Kavanaugh will be on the United States Supreme Court. So, my friends, keep the faith. Don't get rattled by all of this. We're going to plow right through it and do our job. So he's right. Um, and, and let's hope they do. I've already seen some skepticism widely posted all over by people who are on the right. And I have to say, you know, he's very strong. He's the one who held the nomination uh, spot open from Merrick Garland so that we could have Justice Gorsuch. He's, he seems like he's, he's got a little bit of steel in his backbone. But do the others, does Chairman Grassley, do the others on the Senate Judiciary Panel the Committee, do they have the ability to uh, stand up to this? I hope they do. I, this isn't me saying they don't, and this isn't me saying they can't. It's me saying I, I hope and pray that they do, which reminds me, please, if you're tuning in for the first time this week, welcome. Happy Friday to you. Uh, welcome to American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. So glad to have you here. Please do remember to pray for the Kavanaugh family and for the resolution to this debacle when you sit down to your lunch and your dinner, you know, over your breakfast, just quickly uh, lift them up in prayer. We need to be unified and to pray over this family who are, they're suffering the worst kind of political hit job and assault on the character of you know, the head of their household, Brett Kavanaugh. And it's it's a shame. And so let's listen to the remainder of and, and he, he spoke for a few minutes and he got a standing ovation. But Leader McConnell outlined a few further channels uh, challenges in number six to do our jobs, wait out the obstruction, confirm more quality nominees to the judiciary. We're going to keep on doing it. We're not going to get rattled by all this. And I don't want you to get rattled by it. We're not going to slow down. We're just going to keep going ahead. Even more nominees will be confirmed. There will be pro-family, pro-opportunity policies need to be put in place for the American people by the Senate. We've come a long way together. There's much left to be due, to, to be done. But don't let anybody tell you for a minute this hasn't been a productive year and a half. I'm now in my 34th year in the Senate. Hard to believe. This has been... If you want America to be a right-of-center nation, this last year and a half has been the best year and a half of my time in the Senate. And I think that's really great for him to say that. Um, I think, you know, he said he's been there for 34 years and he, he can't really believe it. And, and I, I don't know, this is just my opinion, but in, it feels to me sometimes as if you know, because Leader McConnell was one of those people. I just happened to stumble on a video this morning. Listen, it, this is like a tangent, but it, it still dovetails in. I was watching some videos and I stumbled onto one on YouTube 
that was a compilation video. It's like 17 minutes long of everyone who ever said Donald J. Trump would never be the president. And it goes from Nancy Pelosi, uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, and Leader McConnell was one of those people who said, you know, Donald Trump's never going to be the president. He didn't say it defiantly. He was kind of talking back and forth with a reporter and and he said that. And I think it has become a pleasant surprise for Leader McConnell, I, I think. Um, and the reason I say that is because he didn't really want Donald Trump to be the nominee. But when he was, he did what he could to make the best of the situation. And now that the president has been in for a year and a half, him making that statement, because he didn't have to say that. He's, he's at a speaking engagement at Value Voters where he can say pretty much anything he'd like to say. The audience is captive and they're interested in his true and unvarnished opinion. And for him to say this has been the best year and a half, he's he's speaking directly to the fact that the president has not wasted any time in putting the most conservative, strict constitutionalist judges and uh, up for nomination for the Senate to approve to, to fill these vacancies. And so courts all over the land are finally recalibrating back to a constitutional perspective. And I think that's very important to Leader McConnell. Uh, I've actually met one of his um, staffers who'd been in Washington, D.C., working in, in staffing offices there on the Republican side since Ronald Reagan. She and I just happened to be sitting on the couch together waiting uh, for our parties to arrive in the Trump International Hotel there in Washington, D.C. And she introduced herself and we were just kind of commiserating on how beautiful it was in there. And there was there was an event. She was there to attend the event in in the lobby. And I was there to have dinner with some friends. And it was just kind of outstanding as we began to talk. She had a lot of respect for him. And this is, you know, clearly someone who obviously supports him. But she even said something similar, which is it's a good time if you're if you're interested in constitutional judges being put on the bench it's been a great year and a half so that's good and it should be motivating all right i hear the music go to afr.net hit the subscribe button read some of the pieces there enjoy we'll be back with burgess owens former nfl super bowl champion right after this Maybe you've been hearing the messages from Preborn asking listeners to join together to help save babies' lives through ultrasound, and you're not sure how to respond. Here's the story of one woman who took that step. I heard about Mission Preborn just before December of last year and asked my husband if we could give at least 140. Just last week, we received our packet. My husband came in the house and he was telling me, this is our preborn packet, the ultrasounds. I started crying without even seeing them. Not only were there five babies, but one of the moms was having twins. We were just elated for that. For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds, and you'll receive a story and a picture of babies' lives that were spared. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your sponsorship goes to saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or go to preborn.com. 
Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. When I was little, I had a tendency to wander off in crowds. I was curious, and sometimes my curious nature caused me to drift away from the people I was with. But one day, my parents taught me a lesson. I must have been five or six, and we were visiting the Bronx Zoo along with my uncle and aunt. Once again, I wandered off into the crowd. After a while, it dawned on me that I couldn't see my parents or my aunt or uncle. I panicked and began to cry. Then out of nowhere came my parents and my aunt and uncle. See, even though I couldn't see them, they were watching me. That's an illustration of something true about God. Even during those dark times when we feel like we're all by ourselves, God is not only with us, but he's watching us, taking care of us. I love Psalm 3, verse 3. This is David crying out to God in the midst of battle, surrounded by his enemies. Perhaps he was outnumbered. Listen to these words. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. In a world of uncertainty, God himself surrounds us too. Allow me to make three quick observations about this verse in Psalm 3. Number one, God is our shield. He protects us even when we're not aware of it. Secondly, God is our glory. He honors and favors us. Thirdly, he also says God lifts our head, meaning he encourages us. He's there with us. He's with you right now. Now, here's what I want you to remember today. Just like God was with David in the midst of his battle, so God also is standing beside you. He's your shield. He's your glory. He's the lifter of your head. You're not alone. More information about the ministry of Crawford Loritz can be found online at livingalegacy.org. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hello, welcome back to the program. It's so good to be with you on a Friday. Yes, Friday, Friday, the opener into the weekend. So excited. I'm going to be speaking tomorrow at the National Gun Rights Policy Conference, and it's going to be pretty exciting. Check online at Stacy on the Right uh, on all of the different channels, and you'll be able to catch pictures and hopefully some live stream video of that event that I'll be attending in Chicago. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome former NFL Super Bowl champ for the Oakland Raiders. He's an author, Fox News contributor, and great commentator on subjects that really matter to us. Burgess Owens, thank you so much for joining the show today. Stacy, how you doing? Looking forward to chatting with you. Sure. Okay, so first of all, you have this piece up at the Hill, and uh-huh. I want to let you kind of open into why you wrote it, and then we'll kind of unpack what you're talking about here. Okay, okay. The, uh, the, the piece was the hill, and the topic was um, the black community uh, in 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. Uh, I made a statement uh, the day before 9-11 that uh, we need to be careful about understanding that we're under, under attack as a nation, and that uh, what's happened to our country is, is basically it's been a 9-11 or a Pearl Harbor, and many people don't realize it. So as a little bit of context, um, Particularly what's happened to the black community, uh, when I think about Pearl Harbor and 9-11, I think of a couple of things. First of all, stealth, deceit, um, uh, maximizing as much damage and collateral damage as possible, trying to kill not only the heart and soul, but the, the culture of America. And that's exactly what's happened 
uh, to the black community since the beginning of uh, the 1900s. And I, I want to point that out by letting the audience know, Stacey, that a lot of people don't know, including many black people don't know, that in 1905, that's about 40 years after the end of slavery, a little, little college in, uh, down in, in Alabama, a little black college called Tuskegee uh, College, was, was producing more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. That was the, that was the, the mindset, the, the excitement uh, of, of the black community, because just like every other community, what we were doing, we believed hope, freedom, and opportunity, and we were taking full advantage of it. And the article also pointed out how, how successful the black community was going through the mid-90s, Lead the country in terms of the commitment of men to marriage, lead the country in terms of the percentage of, of, of entrepreneurs, um, uh, the, uh, the, the process of, of education, all those success indicators we were leading our country. And now, in 2018, we've flipped back to where we're at the very bottom of every single one of those indicators. And that's because we have experienced our own as a black community, our own self-damaged collateral uh, attack on our, on our, not only on, on the soul of our nation, on of our, of our community. It, it, they have destroyed the family unit and destroying lives every single day as they brought our kids and teach our, our mothers that it's okay to do so. So we, we as, a, as a country, we need to recognize that uh, we attack, whether it be as a, as a, as a small group or uh, as a particular culture as, or as a country, once Americans attack, we are all attacked. And that's what's happened to our, our, our black community. We need to recognize that, uh, that our country is coming next. That's what the leftists do. They, they're never satisfied with the damage. Okay, so this is a serious subject, and I think uh, you got a lot of pushback because you were telling the truth. Um, and in your piece, you, you mentioned that you were pointing out the irony of a Marxist like Colin Kaepernick making millions of dollars to continue <laughs> an, a narrative that undermines America. And I, that can't be stressed enough. Um, if Colin Kaepernick really, really really believed in the Marxist, hardcore leftist, Che Guevara, you know, kind of commie type uh, lifestyle and, and ethos, he would never accept millions of dollars for his work unless he was planning on redistributing that out as widely as he could. Yet we don't see that not. with him. He, oh, he, of course not. Of course not. I mean, he's done yeah. some philanthropic work, sure. But as a percentage what would you guesstimate it amounts to of, of his total gross income he, he, that he earned? He, give, he gives away he gives away enough to say I give away, and that's mm -hmm. that's the way that leftists work. You have to understand that. And Stacey, uh, this is a really good time for us to have this conversation because uh, at the end of the day, we have the Judeo-Christian values, which throughout the centuries have made us the greatest country in the history of mankind, and, and actually has allowed us to be in a position now where we have this kind of conversation. You are you are running a radio station that goes across this country. We just experienced a, a, a black president for eight years. There's nothing that we can't do. Kaepernick, as much as we talk about our anti American, made twelve million dollars in one signature one, 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 one of his hand. We can do anything we want to, and here we are, we're dealing with socialists, Marxists, and atheists that that that, that harm our country the worst way they can. They take away the dreams of our next generation. What Kaepernick is doing, very simply, he's stealing the dreams of kids who look up to him. And, and at the end of the day, we need to understand that, and I personally believe this, I've seen what white supremacists can do to, a, to our culture. Our, our, I grew up in the deep south, segregated KKK, Tallahassee. But I'll tell you what, the most dangerous thing we've ever dealt with as a, as a culture, as a community, is black elitists. It's not white supremacists, it's black elitists. That they're like bold weevils. They get into our society, they, they smile, they, they pat us on the back, they tell us they love us, and meanwhile they do everything they can to keep their power 
which means telling the cops they have to do that. So we, we, we're in a fight that is not a black and white thing. It's, a, it's an ideology. It's a spirit. And socialist Marxists and atheists are the worst spirit, the worst kind of ideology that's ever uh, uh, had any type of influence on any country, community, or, uh, or a, a neighborhood. It's just it, it, it does damage in every way possible. So here's, and, and you're, you're dead on, you're dead on, Burgess, and, and I'm just wanting to get as much of this in as we possibly can in our interview. Um, I'm, I'm back on your piece on the Hill, and, and the point that you're making, so I, I want to piggyback on that just really quickly by saying, look at California. California, the breadbasket of America, you, you worked for the Oakland Raiders, so you know this better than anyone, used to have a top-notch system of roads, used to have an amazing um, irrigation system where they directed water from places that had water to places that didn't so that farmland could flourish. And the environment there was gorgeous because they were on a plan where they cooperated with the government and private citizens and the government worked together to keep the underbrush cleared out so that wildfires were something that occurred, but they weren't catastrophic like they are now. Yeah. Now, fast forward yeah. 30 years after exclusive Democratic rule, which was brought about by the Democrats when they couldn't completely obliterate conservatives. They fixed it on the ballot so that Instead of the top vote getter for the Democrat going up against the Republican, they would say the top vote getter, the two top vote getters go up against each other head to head, which eliminated the Republicans because they were already in a minority. But so minority yeah. representation doesn't matter to these people. And then, then once they had a stranglehold on government and the, the population centers, they have obliterated that that's the catastrophic wildfires. Uh, some parts of California, there's only one highway that with which to escape a wildfire, which means you really can't escape. No new roads built in decades that to add onto their highway system, but the population has exploded. And English is no longer the number one language spoken in California. And all of this from the liberals, and there's so much more. The list is just like five miles long, nine font, no spaces of how many ways that the Democrats and liberals have destroyed California. Now, the people, after just decades of mismanagement, we have a solid 10-year run of people leaving California and moving to other states. Here's the problem. When they leave, they take their liberal Californian ideas with them. Right, Burgess? So they go from California to Texas to, to, to Florida. They're going to go to this. Some of them come here to Missouri. I've met Californians here in Missouri, and they're, they're so shocked. Wow, taxes are so low. Wow, the roads here are really nice. Wow, housing is so affordable. But the first thing they do is they start voting for, for Democrats, and they'll fix our wonderful state into a mini California without the beautiful scenery. So you talk Boy. in your piece about 78% of Planned Parenthood clinics placed in minority communities. You, you just mentioned that a second ago when you were talking. And this is something that we, we can't seem to get leaders in the black community to kind of wrap their heads around, that Planned Parenthood's not there to provide health care. They're there to stop blacks from growing as a population group. Boy, Stacey, I feel like standing up and giving a standing applause. You hit it. You nailed every single point I could think of. Here's something that, that that's not the things that's not being seen are the problems that, that really are, are, are the, the most dangerous problems. That's where the stealth comes in. The things mentioned that's not mentioned is that seventy. Now this is 2017. This report came out. Seventy-five percent of black boys in the state of California cannot pass standard reading writing, writing tests. What that means basically is you have a population whose dreams are being stolen. These are kids that cannot read. They can't think. They will never get a job. They can go directly from high school to jail and be there for the rest of their lives. They're going to, they're going to repopulate 
in their community the same kind of uh, hopelessness that they have. That is what the left does. And you're right. I, I've, I've thought about this because I see these beautiful parts of the country where these leftists leave they have what they've made a mess of, and then it goes to other parts of the country to infest that part of the nation with the same ideology. So what we have to do is, as a nation, first of all, recognize we're in a fight. And the fight is not against black and white. It's not women and men. It's an ideology. If you understand that we're truly fighting a, 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 an ideology that's so anti-American, when you see these kids, or these young football players, standing on a football field, making beans of dollars collectively, and that one of them will say, you know what, guys, how will we come together collectively and just put together a business? Look how these young, young black teenagers don't have a job. Let's make sure our kids are being educated, because in the last 20 years, in their communities, they have not been taught about free market, about capitalism, about God. They don't say, they don't say a pledge of a flag. They don't, they don't say a, a prayer. Uh, they don't respect women they don't, because they don't see any of that. So they come and stand on the sidelines, will not stand up because they've never been taught how great this country is and the opportunity that they have to move forward. That is, that is what's behind this whole thing. That's why I'm so, so glad we have a president who drew a line in the sand and said, you know what, guys, you're not going to disrespect our flag, our culture anymore. We're going to stand against it. And because of that, we've now talked about what's happening behind the curtain. Behind the curtain are these young men who have never been taught to be anything but Marxists. And if we, if we understand that, then what we need to do as Americans is figure a way to get into that community, change the way these kids, kids are being taught, this change the, where these leftists do their very their most damage is behind the curtains, behind the softness of, 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 of education. And let's make sure we keep, keep our kids learning the process and then serving them where they don't, they don't believe anymore that it's a, a white skin that's against them. They understand it's an ideology that's against them. And we get that done, then we win our country back. I have to say one of one of the things that I think really impacts people because that you can tell the difference is you, if you meet someone who just say because I'm I live in the suburbs of St. Louis if you meet someone in the city of St. Louis and uh, that person has never been outside of the state of St. Louis or or the state of Missouri I mean or they've never been outside of America and then you meet someone who maybe they have military service in their background and they've traveled yeah. there's a huge yep. difference people who've traveled recognize how unique our country is and how. It's really we have a lot of abundance in every area. It's it's kind of we have so much abundance in so many different areas that it's kind of unfathomable in comparison to other countries. It's it's like it's a lie. It's 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 like it's too good to be true. And then for people who've never left, they tend to have a very limited view. They they really they look around and they don't see the opportunity, the abundance, the good blessings that are there. They just see everything that's wrong or their own failures and accomplishments that they foist off on, you know, the big, I call him the big imaginary controlling white guy in the sky. It's the guy who gets yep. blamed for everything you can't do, but he doesn't really exist. And, and certainly even if he did, he couldn't overcome the God of the universe that we serve the, the triune God that called forth the universe into existence and is certainly working in our lives when we pray to him that. So even if there was a magical boogeyman, he still couldn't beat God. So there's there's just no reason to blame him for things. Really, it's a deflection away from the things that we're not accomplishing because we haven't applied ourselves. We haven't we haven't worked hard enough, whatever the case might be. And so yeah, I just yeah. I, I want to take them like on field trips, maybe get a hundred <laughs> together and fly them straight to Cuba. Just drop them off with yeah. their suitcase and, uh, you know, maybe 50 bucks 
because that's a lot of money in Cuba. You're almost, a, you know, you're wealthy in Cuba with 50 bucks. Let, Drop let them off with 20, for a year. 25 bucks. And then, you well, oh, okay, a year. I was going to say 90 days. A year, they would definitely come back changed. They'd be starved. You know they would be starved to death. Some of them wouldn't come back because there's no medical care there. That would be a death sentence for some people. Just drop them off, let them stay, and tell them this is, this is what you're voting for when you say, yeah, yeah Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, um, is someone that I like her ideas. Well, you're voting for this type of government mm-hmm. because that's what she's for with the, the socialism because she's a democratic socialist. And, you know, so give it a try. I don't think, yeah. I think most people wouldn't want to go. In fact, I asked someone who, a really nice person, but she was talking about, um, you know, why the president's comments about certain countries not being as good as others, why that didn't bother me. And I said, well, I've been all over the world. I've been to Russia. I've been to Saudi Arabia. I've been all over the world. And some countries are not the best countries. You know, to put it mildly, they're nothing close to the best countries. And she said, well, yeah. how, can you, how can you say that even, you know, you've been to, to uh, uh, the Sudan or somewhere in, in Africa, she named off. And I said, no, I haven't, but I've seen the pictures. And I, I just ask you, which of these two places would you go? Would you rather, if, if you had to take a plane smoking out of the U.S. because everything had just gone to pot, and you only had two options. Do you want to go to Libya or Germany? Which, which you have to, you know, you have to answer. You can't say you won't go to either. The plane is leaving. Yeah. You have to get on it. The country's on fire. You got to go. Which one would you go to? She refused to answer because we both know the answer. She would want to go to Germany. She'd want to go to Europe. She would want to go to Canada. Yeah. She would not yeah. want to go to Libya or any of the other nations that were listed as having not enough vetting procedures to allow their people to come here with a simple visa. And that is the point. Isn't it, Burgess, that we're never going to get a straight answer from these people? Well, well, let let me tell you what what it comes down to. And and the left knew this from the very beginning. Matter of fact, it was was, uh, Marx, Karl Marx, who said the first battleground is the rewriting of history. If you steal our history, you steal our pride and our past, what we've done together. What we've done together is a lot. And I don't care what color. the, the, The Underground Railroad was done by every kind of background, every kind of color, every kind of religion you possibly think of. So what we've done together is something we can be proud of. It also takes away our vision for the future. And most importantly is this. The leftists want to make sure that we, we keep people ignorant. When you don't think, when you can't read and write, when you cannot picture in your mind what it looks like to be in a different country, or even to have to figure out how to work on an equation, or how to get past a particular critical thinking. When they, when they, when they allow our kids to come through what they've done for the last few decades, to do nothing but verse their, uh, uh, base their, their decision on emotion, then they're going to get exactly what we're getting. We get people to demonstrate instead of trying to find solutions. They have mm-hmm. been making things about collectively and not one thing about how can we start a business. You have mm-hmm. a coffee that We make a $12 million uh, one day, one, one year contract and has not done a thing. Like, he, he doesn't even vote. All right. Thank you so much, Burgess, for your time today. Fantastic to talk to you. We will be back with more Stacy on the Right right after this. The Capital One commercial will forever be etched in the ear of the listener. What's in your wallet is a phrase that won't easily be forgotten. But this is not a Capital One plug. I want you to think about the people that are in your circle of influence. Who's in your circle is my new catchphrase. Simply because we don't think enough about the people or spirits that we allow into our personal space. Negativity is contagious and fatal. Misery loves company and it's fatal to your hopes and dreams. I think we all know 
someone who, no matter what good has happened, always has something negative to say. Ugh, that really bothers me. That bad attitude and that pessimistic spirit will only cause you to do the same. There's no room for doubt, especially if you're believing God to bring that vision to fruition. Now, this is not a license for you to be mean. It is, however, a license for you to assess who's in your circle and make the necessary adjustments. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Tony Johnson. Connect with us at urbanfamilytalk.com. Hi, my name is Larry. Now I started uh, drinking on the job. It was a daily consumption of at least a quart of vodka a day. I came into Teen Challenge. My life has just drastically changed. I've been alcohol-free for 19 months now. If you know an adult or teenager who's struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge can help. Call us today at 417-581-2181 or reach us online at teenchallengeusa.com. This is Urban Family Talk. Y'all have encouraged us to go out, stand for the Word of God, stand politically. It's truly a blessing to hear how God is using Urban Family Talk. Just want to say I love everything that Urban Family does. Will you take a moment to share your story? Call 877-327-5647. That's 877-327-5647. Thanks. America's election headquarters. Gubernatorial elections in Minnesota where Mark Dayton is retiring. GOP candidate Jeff Johnson says President Trump's rise gives him an edge. One thing that he did is he empowered a lot of people who haven't been involved before. Johnson is running against Democratic Congressman Tim Walz. Jeff said he got a call after he was endorsed from the president, and uh, I hope he asked him to take the tariff off soybeans and to figure that out. In Minnesota, new taxes are seen as the key to the campaign of Democrat Tim Walz. I think there's an honesty about folks wanting to know. They're, they're okay with paying their tax if they know where they're going. The Republican Johnson isn't sure there's an appetite for new taxes. Most Minnesotans don't ever expect to be a low-tax state. If we wanted to be Mississippi, we'd move to Mississippi. But we don't have to be in the top three, four, or five in almost every tax category in the country. In St. Paul, Minnesota, Peter Ducey, Fox News. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. That there are... Uh, for immigrants on the whole create or come on try getting it out try getting it out i'll get it out i mean i don't know if you're going to put this on television but you don't even know what you're talking about try getting it out go ahead you've called women you don't like fat pigs dogs slobs and disgusting animals your twitter account only rosie o'donnell I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. That I can tell you. But Jake, Jake, I want to, I want to give. They came to me. The press, these people. Look at all those cameras back there. The press came to me, and they told me that he said he would not pay for the wall. Do you have a comment? I said yes. The wall just got ten feet taller. Oh, Don, you're a little controversial. You're talking about illegal immigration. I said, it's illegal. We have very stupid people in our country negotiating for us, and we have leaders that don't know what they're doing. And the media, look at all those people back there. Scavengers, they're like scavengers. CNN is terrible. CNN, 
You're with CNN? Are you with CNN? Are you, you people do not cover us accurately at all. Go ahead. To follow up on that, you keep calling us the dishonest press, the disgusting well, press. Generally speaking, that's 100% true. Go, Go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> just uh, bringing back some oldies but goodies from the campaign trail when uh, Donald Trump really, he made himself known among the people as someone who just wouldn't allow uh, media types to run over him. And if they were inaccurate, if they got things wrong, if they intentionally uh, told fibs, <laughs> he was not having it. And it's so important that we remember that. Do you know why? Because if we don't remember that, then we'll be lulled back into the expectation that politicians are supposed to agree with the lies and that we have to accept that. We don't have to. No one's perfect, but God can use anybody. And in fact, it's not that he just can. He does. Every major character in the Bible had some human flaw that they were working through or around and God still used them. That's the point. It's not that we're supposed to look at those people and say they're ex the exception. They're the human rule. The human rule is people are going to people. So we've got to be, uh, we got to be wise. We got to be um, able to discern the truth. So I want to have calls uh, during this segment. It's Friday. We can talk about anything you want, anything you'd like to discuss. Call lines are open at 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Now I want to discuss something else. Oh, I did promise before we went into the break, I ran a little bit long when I was discussing this. This letter from Judge Kavanaugh to Honorable Charles Grassley, Chairman, Chairman Committee on the Judiciary, and in the letter, it's very short, three paragraphs, three tiny paragraphs. Dear Chairman Grassley, and this is from Brett M. Kavanaugh, thank you for the invitation to appear before the Senate Committee on the Judiciary on Monday, September 24. I will be there. I look forward to the opportunity to testify before the committee. Does that sound like a guilty man to you? Onward. I also appreciate the time that the committee staff took to interview me on Monday, September 17th. During that interview, I twice requested a committee hearing the, the following day, Tuesday, September 18th. I continue to want a hearing as soon as possible so that I can clear my name. Since the moment I first heard this allegation, I have categorically and unequivocally denied it. I remain committed to defending my integrity. Sincerely, Brett M. Kavanaugh. Couple things jump out at me there. This man sincerely wants to come before the committee and answer any and all questions. And number two, he is anxious to get this smear off of him. That's not the behavior of someone who's guilty. And we've had plenty of public examples of guilty men. So we, you know, we don't, we don't know anything and the process has got to move forward. But I think it's interesting that while he's anxious and chomping at the bit to appear to answer his accuser is setting conditions and she doesn't want to come, but you know, she doesn't want to appear. She's not interested. You know, she's, she's, she's got issues. All right. So let's go to the phones. We have Julia in Michigan. Thank you so much for calling the show today, Julia. Happy Friday. Hello, hey. this is Julia. And Hi, thank welcome you to so show. much for the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Pumps up if you talk to Burgess. 
Ah, yeah, he's amazing. Great truth. I'm a public school teacher, and I just pray every day that my students will know truth. And to know that you are sharing that truth and highlighting everyone else who's sharing that truth, it is so encouraging, and I just praise the Lord. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm glad, and I just, you know, our prayers go out for, we, we pray for teachers, um, that teachers would not lose heart and would be faithful because I, I think Burgess would agree that there are many people who maybe that didn't have the best at home per se, but there was a teacher in their life who really influenced them. And so you have such an amazing ability to change the lives of these young kids. And when you're godly, they see that they can feel the difference. And so, you know, I'm, 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 I encourage you, Julia, you're, you're doing God's work teaching in the classroom and, and, you know, don't, don't, don't lose heart there. Uh, let's go to Joshua in Arkansas. Thank you so much for calling the show today. Happy Friday. Yeah. Happy, happy Friday. I was uh, listening to your comments about taking people on a trip. Well, you don't have to go as far as the Middle East. You can just go down to South America and go to Venezuela and let mm-hmm. them move, let them try that. <laughs> right. Well, I was saying, uh, I don't know what I, I thought. I thought I said Cuba. So that's that's still in this hemisphere. But the, your 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 suggestion works too. Venezuela totally works. That's a place where they don't have enough food. Their leader is getting fatter and fatter by the day, but they don't have enough food for regular people down there. Fantastic suggestion, Joshua. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go to Keith in Michigan. Hey, uh, thanks for calling the show today. Happy Friday. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling the show. Hi. Hi. Hey, my my name is Keith. Hey, Keith. I've worked. I, I've served in the United States Army um, for, for ten plus service. years, and just like you, I have seen firsthand third world countries. I've been to Central America. I've been to Europe. Europe is not as bad, but still, there's some influence. I've even been to Asia. To mm. served in South Korea and some other Asian countries. And America is exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I've seen firsthand what socialism can do, and it scares me to death to thinking that people think it's the greatest thing in the world. It's been proven over and over and over again through hundreds of years. Socialism fails, and it fails the people horrifically to the point that people are dying. Mm-hmm. And if they're not dying of, of, you know, malnutrition, starvation, et cetera, they're dying because at some point the leaders realize these people are going to rise up. So they kill them. That's how so many hundreds of millions of people died in the last century with socialism, which leads to communism and communism leads to death and destruction. And certainly leaders just mowing their own people down because they don't want to have to deal with them, the gulags and all of that. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for calling and have a great weekend, Keith. The call lines are open at 866-963-2037. It's 866-963-2037. Let's go to Jacob. Jacob in Alabama, thank you for calling the show, and also, happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you. Um, you. That was a good thing with uh, Burgess Owens, and I, I always wanted to say this, is that Burgess must be roughly around 50 years old. Um, there's a lot of 50- and 60-year-old people calling to your show and to the other different uh, hosts that they have some testimonies that would blow you out the water because it's like um, even the, I grew up like around in the 50s and 60s. 
And what happened is, even with the racism that was there when you had to sit at the back of the bus in different parts of the country, because all across the country wasn't like that, people were able to still go home to their families, and they had like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten children. Mm-hmm. And they were very happy because the cost of living at that time was so great. You could get chicken for ten cents a pound, ground beef for nineteen cents a pound, eight loaves of bread for a dollar. Mm. You know, uh, a good steak, forty-nine cents a pound. You see, so everyone's able to feed their feed their families very well. So some of the things that they experienced on a job or in society, different parts of the country, had less of an impact. And and you look at it today. I'm going through the supermarket. I'm looking at the prices. I'm hilariously laughing, you know, and it just makes you realize a whole different perspective mm-hmm. of um, of America because the 50 and 50 year olds have they should have a forum or some kind of where they can talk to them and get some of the testimonies of what America really is because this country, even with all of that, we are far beyond any part of this planet. I'm a missionary as well. And I met this lady from Russia. Her father worked himself to death in Siberia. And um, she's a Christian now. And um, she gave us a uh, dinner before we left uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, I had to go to the restroom. So in the restroom, I looked. She had uh, bathroom paper, soap, I mean, stacked to the ceiling. Because, you know, in Russia, you know, they didn't have those kind of things. And I had to laugh. You know, mm-hmm. to myself, but it's a, this country is so, um, this is a promised land, just like mm-hmm. uh, Israel, and we don't get it. I, yep. I, it's the most, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's hilarious, and at the same time, we are so blessed. Oh, we really are. I, oh my goodness. So, thank you so much for that comment today. I, uh, I have to, I have to tell a quick little story before we go to our next couple calls. I, so I'm at this, um, remember I said last week on Friday's show, I was speaking at this event here in St. Louis and, and we were seated at tables of 10 and I was seated with a, a, a friend of mine who was the kind of the leader. She's more like a mentor to me than a friend, um, a, a godly Christian woman. She's elderly and she's, we're sitting at the table and she's got her two daughters-in-law and her daughter are sitting there with her. And then the rest of the women around the table, I didn't know. And so as we're going around introducing ourselves, there was a lady there and her face was slightly scarred. And she was, she, when she introduced herself, she said she comes from a country in South Africa, uh, not, a, not South Africa, a, co- a country in Africa. And there she spends her time gathering together meal and kind of a sausage type of a meat product and then um, rice. And she mixes it all together and she creates basically almost like a breakfast cereal. And it costs 10 cents per person to make. And so she gets sponsors from the United States and other wealthy countries to send her money so that she can buy the fixings. And she was prompted to do that because she did have the ability to purchase food. She was doing a little better than some of the other people there. But others, uh, the children especially, there are just hundreds of children that she feeds every day, 300. And out of the, those children, that she feeds them not every day, three times a week. So she feeds them this meal once a day, three times a week. And that's for some of those kids, all the food they get all week, three meals a week. 
Now, that may seem a bit extreme. If you're listening and you're kind of on the left, you might think, oh, well, Stacey, you know, everyone knows that there are situations like that in, in, you know, the continent of Africa. That's just not that big of a deal. But it is. It absolutely is a big deal. When we have so much food, we throw away multiple hundreds of millions of dollars worth of food every year in this country. They are feeding kids this kind of the, no no American would lower themselves to the level of eating that. Even someone in poverty would say, I'm not going to eat that. But these kids are eating that three times a week, and that's all they're getting to eat. We, we don't appreciate what we have. Let's go to Bruce in North Carolina. Bruce, thank you so much for calling on a Friday. What's your comment? Hello. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for calling the show. Hi, how are you doing? Good. So I'm here in your state visiting uh, for my major. I've been traveling all around the country. I've been looking at a lot of social issues, and a lot of them concern our youth. I'm really hoping we can get more leaders that focus on everybody, especially our youth, since they are the future. Sure. I, I agree. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling the show. <laughs> um, we have time for one more quick call, and then the others will have to hold over. Erin uh, in Arizona, or sorry, Arkansas. Thank you so much for calling the show. Yeah. What's your comment? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, you know, I was listening to you, uh, you and Burgess earlier, and you were talking about the, uh, you know, the be nice to send people that support the socialism uh, narrative that they just go over to someone like Cuba or something like that. You know, and I was telling your uh, your person who I called into all those, I said, you know, I work in federally funded programs, um, community action programs. You can go. I could take you. In my state, in my county that I work in, I can show you socialism failing on a daily basis. Um, you don't have to go. There's socialist programs already in effect, um, and we see them, whether it's um, emergency services grants or whether it's electric bill grants or whether it's uh, you know homeless people, things for homeless people. This stuff fails on a daily basis, and it's our tax money being you know, taken away from the taxpayer to support it. Um, and I can remember you said, you know, people that say they don't, you say that people don't know how great America is. It's like, where have they been? Mm. You don't have to go out of this country to realize how great it is. All right. Thank you so much for the call, Aaron. Such great points. That's the music, which means we have news and information coming up for you at the top of the hour. If you're leaving us now, farewell from the heartland and God bless. We have more Stacy on the right up next. Be right back. <laughs> 